When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Mike Bryant. So you're going to talk to him every time I'm introducing myself? Sure. Yep, that's the hey, idea. Hey, Tevin, let's talk while Tom's talking. <laughs> the gimmick of this He hasn't show. been here, so I, 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 I have to yeah, spend some more time with Tevin. He's a good guy. Well, I don't know about that, but he's okay, I guess. I have nothing to rebuke that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Got a special guest. Back with the family in seconds. You going to do a live? We can. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Uh, let's see. Lots been going on as far as phone calls, people calling with a bunch of different issues, some of which we can help with, some of which we can't. Um, it's always an interesting point when you talk to somebody for 15, 20 minutes and they get mad because they're not getting the advice they want. But um, what we do is we give free phone calls so we can give consultations on what your rights are, what's involved, and see what we can do for you. Mike Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. Oh, I'm going to leave that alone because you did a really good tag. There. There you go. <laughs> I finally, you finally done a really good tag. <laughs> no, it's not what I said. That's not what I said at all. Anyway, Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. Walzer.com. I knew you'd do it eventually. <laughs> I knew it. Tommy? How long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. 
are back. Alex just got here. Jude just uh, see Catherine for the first time in three days, so he's losing his mind, of course. Did you have him like locked in a closet? Yeah, the whole time. Apparently, you tortured Jude the whole time. He's like, uh oh, he's too wound up. He's too wound up. You're supposed to turn him upside down. What's he doing? Reverse sneezing. He's having a panic attack. Oh my God. Is Rob ready to go? Uh, not wow. yet. It's kind of wow. funny to look across. He gave him. He's like, "Oh yeah, you're here too." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, other guy down there. He was just barking at his own reflection in the side of a white car. Nice. So oh. We got out of the car and he jumped out and he was like. And last night he kept growling at Dan because he pulled his hair back to do something and he kept growling at him. And Dan was like right in front he of him. Looks he's really like, dangerous. He was like, Are you kidding me? And he was just like, my, my dad what? used to have a Broncos, uh, big orange Broncos uh, cowboy hat that oh, he'd yeah. wear to Bronco football games. And the dog it. would freak out when he put the hat on. And he'd be like, da, 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 rah! <laughs> And it was just like on, off, on, off. And yeah. the dog would just freak. Certain <laughs> dogs. Bella didn't like it when people wore hats for a while. That's true. Why would your dad be going to Broncos games? He's living in Denver. and What a weirdo. Wasn't he from Massachusetts? No, no. My mom's from Massachusetts. My dad was from New Mexico. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought they were both from Massachusetts. All right, call on our guest now. They were not. Let's hope it works. Oh, dear. First time I've ever called out It'll be fine. Don't worry about a thing. I will get back to you. Oh, well, his phone is off, so... Voicemail. That's not helpful. Voicemail. Could have left a message. Hello. Got it. I got the Please number call right. Us back. I think I'll text Cassie. We'd there like you to go. talk to you. What the hell? We'll chase them all down. There's a bunch of other stuff to cover anyway, so it all works out. <laughs> Jesus, who that prince to the studio? Yeah, yeah. What's it's going on? Oh, yeah. Is this is up. every time we come. I, I come home, even if I'm gone for one minute. I yeah, get this so bad cool. presentation yeah. thing. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Wait a second. That's how Bella used to be. She always used to like have to run and get a toy, yeah, and then she'd like to prance around with it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was gone yeah. for 15 minutes. Yes. I, I remember the best one was when she brought a receipt over. She yeah. couldn't yeah, find she a toy. Find, yeah, <laughs> like Scotch tape. <laughs> one time she was like, I need to show you something. <laughs> she, yeah, she brings over a little like Target receipt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I have to show you something. And there's, I can't find any Must toys. present something. You know what's great is she couldn't just say prance. She had to actually prance with her hands. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like, the dog just prance. No, we got to show you how the dog yeah. prance. People can't sit too close to me or I'll hit you accident. How was the wedding? It was really fun. Good. It was much more like standard wedding than we thought it would be. It wasn't. It was beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. Like a fancy yes. wedding? Very, yes. yes. The okay. big the dress that she was. Yep. Yeah, but it wasn't as fancy as we thought it was going to be. Really? It was black tie optional, but a lot of people wore gowns and stuff. Oh. Any tux? I guess. Yeah. Oh, tux. Rob. Cool. Rob, how you doing? Oh, hi. Is this Tom? It is indeed, sir. Hi, Tom. Sorry about the technical glitches, but oh, I guess no, no. that's our that's the age we're in. Well, it is it the sure age is. we're in, Rob. I don't worry about that stuff ever. Oh, okay. Good for you. What do you mean, oh, okay? My you, son goes, worry oh, about okay. technical issues? Don't uh, <laughs> go after me. Rob, he's going that. after me. I'm <laughs> deeply hurt. I want you to know. That's all I have Stop to say. Stop going after your dad. I have a son who goes after me. No. Yeah, it's see, tough. Andy? I guess that's just how it is. It's what boys do. Rob Sedgwick's memoir, <laughs> Bob Goes to Jail's One Degree from Kevin Bacon. Rob Sedgwick was born in one of America's oldest families, Manhattan Royalty. His cousin, Edie Sedgwick, uh, was Andy Warhol's muse. His sister is Kira Sedgwick, the actress. His brother, painter Nico Sedgwick, 
His brother-in-law is movie star Kevin Bacon. Oh, my goodness. And his stepfather was renowned art dealer Ben Heller. And he's a personal friend of Tom Bernard's, it says right here in the bio. Does it? Not yet. No. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. No, but it does now. <laughs> and I'm what... running for kingship soon. Yeah, it does, yeah. Oh, you can run for kingship. I'm glad to hear that. That works for me. Well, I guess after that bio, I, I don't even think I saw it. <laughs> oh, my God. You should look at this bio because, it's a, it, yeah, it's very impressive. It's got a very impressive bio. It's a doozy. The memoir, Bob Goes to Jail. So, now, Bob is not the same as Rob. That's not you. Bob is not you. No, what happened was there was a friend of mine in there who, in the book who called me Bob because it sounded funny and stupid. So I decided, uh, anyway, I was writing the book. That's what came up, Bob Goes to Jail. So that's the way it ended up. It's kind of silly, but there you go. Yeah, I don't think it's silly at all. It's fine. So... What so? What is Bob goes to jail? Does Bob actually go to jail? Uh, Bob. Well, I don't want to spoil it a lot. No. Okay. Her, yeah. No. Uh, There's some time in jail. Yeah. But uh, it was uh, no. I got in a drug ring in '88 through pretty stupid circumstances. I mean, the, the circumstances are so ordinary and stupid that it's hard to believe, but it's in there. Um, and. Uh, and in the beginning, I got involved. I mean, acting was not good. Life was not so great. I just got an offer to do this to my brother's best friend, and I did it. And, and it was so ridiculous, but I I had a blast. You know, I was like, you know, you feel like James Bond, and you think you're all that. But then, of course, once you get caught, then you get involved in the consequences, and you don't feel like James Bond anymore. You feel like an idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? What an idiot, an illegal quagmire, and you know, and I had ended up having a contract on my head, and uh, it's really bad. It's so really bad. What kingpin did they think you were? Um, well, they thought uh, the, the drug enforcement agency, when we got busted, thought that I was the main guy because I was so quote relaxed and quote during the bust, but it was like. And it's interesting because, you know, we, we see movies and we see Law and & Order and we see all that kind of stuff. And But in real life, and I don't know if you guys had this experience, but when, that, when you get guns on you and the horrible stuff happens, you just kind of go to, like, beneath neutral, you know, and uh, just to be able to get through it. And people sometimes, and a lot of times you'll see people, like, when they're sentenced, you know, and they'll say in the newspaper or news, such and such was oddly unemotional during sentencing or, 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 you know, subdued during sentencing. That's because you can't believe this is actually happening to you and you're wrapping your head around it. So that's why in the beginning they thought I was kind of the guy for a while when I was just trying to go two plus two is four, put one foot in front of the other. Uh, my name is Rob, you know, I mean, it's so, so that's what happened, but it was really, um, and I think also, what 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 I didn't mean this in the book, but I guess what happens in the book is like, you know, in movies and TV again, you have like the gangsters gangsters perspective, but they're cool and suave and they know how to deal with pressure uh, or guns and stuff like that. And but I was coming from same perspective as probably you guys would, or if you guys got involved with this kind of like, ah, oh no, what's happening? What do I do now? Ah, you know, fish out of water. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Anyway, so, so is, is the book uh, all I, I, real? Oh yeah, okay, it's absolutely real. 
I mean, I'm sorry that it says memoir because it's more like a story. It's not like, oh, I was born, I was blonde, and I was this and I was that. It was, I focus, the book focuses that the present uh, 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 story is sort of, is, is exactly when I get busted to, you know, when I get sentenced. And then what I do is I, I, I sort of, I leap back in time to sort of how I ended up this way. Um, and, you know, lack of guidance and, uh, New York of the, of the sixties and seventies and bad choices. And I hope it's funny too. Um, and so what I do is I'll go, I'll, I'll alternate chapters from present to past, present to past and the past, hopefully supporting what the previous chapter was to so, say, Oh, that's why that happened. So, um, Yeah. So that's, 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 yeah. I love the descriptor right here. This is my favorite, favorite paragraph so far, Rob. He writes about how he and his younger siblings brought themselves up in an Upper East Side townhouse that was bigger than all the other Upper East Side townhouses, how he sold drugs out of his grandparents' apartment, mm-hmm. knocked up his girlfriend, and did lines of cocaine off his parents' priceless antiques. <laughs> We're having a little fun there. Were yeah, you, that's true. <laughs> that's true. No, it was fun. Well, I mean, I hope people get that kind of reaction when they read it because it's so ridiculous that it's kind of that it's funny. But it's but, you know, as we know, after a while, like reality is usually stranger than fiction and usually funnier than fiction. So I thought it'd make a great story. So, you know, that's why I did it. And uh, that seems people seem to be really digging it. So, um, you know. And there's also my dog in it, who has a huge part in it, too. Thor is in it? Like an angel to watch over me. My dog, I had a dog named Tybalt. And oh, Tybalt. He kind of oversaw Pebbles? me. I'm sorry? Was it Pebbles or Kibbles? Tib- Tybalt. T-Y-B-A-L-T. Tybalt. And he kind of oversaw me. And he was kind of the angel who watched over me the whole time. And he's a big character in the book. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of waking waking me up before I burnt myself to death drunk with a cigarette and, you know, trying to keep me on the straight and narrow and stuff like that. We have animals, I think, that in life sometimes sort of steer us. You know, they're, they're, they're more than just dogs or cats. You know, they're really, there's a, there's another being going on and they're kind of, they're overlooking us. So I was really blessed to have him. And, um, yeah, so it was a really like stupid, fun, ridiculous, repentant time. <laughs> so so that's why, um, you know, that's why I wrote it. The book is called Bob Goes to Jail. We're talking to Rob Sedgwick. Ladies and gentlemen. Rob, let me ask you a question because, it, you know, obviously you, you grew up in, uh, in a family of means and all the rest of it. Does, does that in some ways, I mean, looking back on it, you wouldn't know it at the time, but looking back on it, does that in some ways put a lot of pressure on you just uh, because you're supposed to be who you're supposed to be? Does that cause some discomfort in your life, just being from a family like that? I think that's a really great question, and thanks for asking that. I think that at the time I did it because I chose to be an actor, and um, not that it was any... My sister and brother-in-law were nothing but incredibly supportive and loving and, and... Took, take me very took me very seriously and did take me very seriously and, but yeah it's sort of a high bar gets set and you're not meeting that and then your self-esteem and I don't care what you have uh, it kind of plummets and 
so when I got offered this opportunity, it sort of, you know, gave you something to do that was on the outskirts and kind of, um, you know, make you feel better about yourself. Mm -hmm. And it was also because you were getting away with something and you thought it was, you know, I was in my late twenties then. So I thought it was quote, cool end quote. And, but that's a great question. Yeah. I think that I felt, I felt really, I mean, when you wipe away all the funny and I, I hope this is why people can identify with it because when you wipe away all the money and the funny and the whatever the hell else it says in the bio, um, I think when we all have feel really badly about ourselves, Mm -hmm. that's hard. And, and then we, and then we'll, we'll try to take something instead of doing an inside job working on ourselves, We'll, we'll look to something else outside. And if you get an opportunity, he's like, oh, this will make me feel better about myself. And that's what I did. So, uh, which was obviously incredibly stupid. And now being older, I realize, you know, I, I have a son and I have a daughter and I have responsibilities and stuff. And it's more, but it's much, and I've been sober for a long time too, because there's a lot of drinking and drugs in the story. Um, but it, it's an inside job. You know, you have to really work on yourself and, and, and really you know, reflect and how can I be better and what did I do wrong here and how can I, how can I help this person? How can I be of service? Mm-hmm. What can I do better and how can I be a better father? And obviously we're going to make mistakes all day. God knows I do. Uh, but uh, if there's a problem with my kid, I, I make sure to take responsibility for it stuff like that. So, but that's really a, that's really a great question. Thanks for asking that. I think that, um, that's why it happened, you know. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I, there's got to be a lot of pressure. You know, hey, listen, Rob, you got to hold up the family name. Don't be doing this. Don't be doing that. You, you got to compare yourself to all these very successful people who've done pretty amazing things. Not that you haven't. I mean, you've written a book that's doing very well. But yeah, it's got to be a lot of pressure in that situation. I, I would think. I, I just. Well, and, and how long? How long has it been since you stopped drinking alcohol? Uh, I've been sober, I'll be 26 years in October. So you're happy with it and everything's good? Oh my God. My, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, if you told me when I was drinking I was going to write a book, I was like, I, I, you're crazy. Or have kids, <laughs> or be able to do anything, you know? It's just, I mean, addiction is a real, it's a, I mean, I, I've been in for so long. I've seen so many deaths. I've seen so many. Yeah. And that's if you're lucky. That's if you're lucky. You know, a lot of people end up maimed, losing limbs, paralyzed, destroying everything, killing someone, jail. You know, I mean, it's just, it's awful. I'm really blessed and I'm so beyond grateful uh, that I'm alive, that I can be the, I have the opportunity to be the best father I can be, the best brother I can be, um, son, you know dog owner and friend and it's, just, it's a real blessing it's yeah. a real blessing it really really is no rob i got to tell you one i really really appreciate that because it, particularly in this era i don't even know you but i'm proud of you because most people now are going through the things that you went through and you know whatever oh i'm a victim i was i didn't do those things i was forced to do it i'm the victim here i don't you went no 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 i accept it i lived my life and i take responsibility for living my life makes you a better person rob oh thanks oh it's i i should take responsibility for it 
you do. You do take responsibility <laughs> for all of it. So that's a good thing, I think. I just, I don't know. Now, I was just by coincidence that you mentioned that I was asked. Uh, there was a big wedding over the weekend, and a lot of you know local people and national celebrity people were there, and all the rest of it. And uh, I don't know if you're a hockey. Uh, you follow hockey, the NHL at all? But Louis Nanny was a—he's a legendary hockey player. <laughs> He says to me, because I stopped drinking nine nine years ago. Good and, for you. And Louis says to me, so Tom, what is the big difference between when you used to drink and now? And I said, well, this might be a little hard for you to believe, but when I drank, I was an even bigger prick. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you know, is there any other way to explain it? No. Yeah. No, well, at least true. now you know when you're doing it. <laughs> yes, see, there's that's you know, Rob. When you're drinking, you think of that. I mean, I don't know about you, but I thought I was the most entertaining, fascinating person. Oh, yeah. I have a, I have, a, there's a chapter in there when I'm, when I'm with my brother in law in California, and you know, about like cocktails started at 6 30, and you know, and when I started drinking, I was a parade, and I, and then uh, Steve Martin comes over to our table, oh, and, and I'm like, Steve, why didn't you go back to the comedy? You were so funny. Why are you doing the movies? And oh. winces and he leaves. And my brother-in-law is nothing but loving and supportive. He didn't say anything, but it was pretty embarrassing. And I have a line, I would have told Jesus Christ he was doing a shitty job if he was around. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just like, it was just really. And now I don't have to do that anymore. No, I understand that completely. It's a, real, I, I it's a real blessing. And, you know, you can, sometimes people ask me for actual guidance on it, and I can suggest you know i don't insist but like you know this is what happened to me this is where i am now maybe that would help you out you know maybe not maybe you need to do more research and i don't know about you but i also feel a hell of a lot better too. oh yeah so it's, yeah, no it's a real it's it's a relief it's yeah. a it's a real it's a it's a real blessing yeah my wife is here right on life uh rob my wife is here and she'll tell you she's a lot happier too Yes. Oh, I'm sure. Well, you're lucky she stayed with you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Rob. Uh, lose my he's, phone number, he's, Rob. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> you are lucky. <laughs> oh, my God. See what you did to me, Rob? Now I'm I'm going to be apologizing all day long. Oh, I mean, it's hard. It is. It's hard to be with somebody that's, you know, drinking a lot. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It's a real, it's a real lash. I mean, it really is a lash. And it's just. And, you know, I think I, I know that, you know, that that helped make me make so many bad decisions. And again, yes. that was me. That's not anybody else. But when you're under that lash of alcoholism and drugs, it's like you just do the stupidest stuff. I mean, it's just oh, it's just awful, you know. Well, I don't know and, what you mean, uh, Rob. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, true. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing too. In my, uh, it was really kind of a beautiful thing. I, um, I went to my when I went to first. I, I didn't mean this to, to devolve into an AA thing. No, but, no, no. When I went to my first meeting, and when I went to my first meeting, my sister was shooting a movie in California, and I was coming out to visit her, and um, she, um, uh, so I, I, you know, she had me picked up at the airport. I went to her trailer and. And I sat her down and I said, I went to AA and I'm 
I've got six or seven days sober, whatever the time was. And she just started crying. And it was like, it was really a heavy moment. And she was the first family member who felt safe to go to, to tell her that. And uh, they were banging on her door. It was a John Travolta movie. It was a big Hollywood movie. And she was just like, you know, she started swearing at them. I'm like, give me five minutes. Because it was such a heavy thing. And it was really... uh, it was really, it was really extraordinary, uh, and she was, she was, and is extraordinary. And uh, it was really, uh, you know, it was that kind of affirmation you needed. Like this is the right way to go. And then we got back to where she was staying afterwards, and my brother-in-law spoke to me, and he was just like, "I'm, I'm so proud of you. Thank God cool. you did that." You know, because because everybody knew that it was just like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if you keep this up, it's going to be, it's not going to end well. So, uh, you know, and it, and it stuck. So, anyway. No, it is so, a good thing. Um, yeah, it's a great well, thing. Rob, where do you think it is? Because, I, look, I've never met Kira, uh, you're, you know, I never met your sister. I, of course, know about her and all the rest of it. But she seems to have a very, and I mean this in a very positive way, she has a very strong edge to her as well. She seems like the kind of woman's not going to put up with a lot of crap. Oh, no. Oh no! You don't want to. You don't want to screw around with her. And if you read the book, she has little things when she's a kid that she was. She could. She can handle her own. I mean, it's just like, you know, you don't. Didn't want to. Didn't, didn't want to engage. But she's great. You know, she puts her. You know, kids and family first, and um, uh, she knows what time it is, and she knows what's important, and she's um, and works really hard, and. Uh, doesn't take stuff for granted and she's a terrific person you know she really really is a, a wonderful person it takes responsibility for his side of things you know um and i don't know what kind of you know and it's hard we're such a celebrity culture but right you know if you sat down and either talk to either kevin or kara you don't get that at all you get like people who are interested in what you're doing and mm. listening and you know uh, helpful and positive and very unglitzy, unromantic, not fancy stuff, you know, but the stuff that makes the world spin. So, um, and my brother is exactly the same way too, you know, and we all have our foibles, but I just love the whole situation. Do you, do you have a few more minutes? Uh, Andy, you want to do break here? Or you want to break in like eight minutes? I guess it's up to him. Uh, yeah, which which would you prefer, Rob? Do you, you have about another eight minutes with us? Are you aware? Is that okay with you? That's fine. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure of the situation uh, before. By the way, do you take credit for the line in Bob Goes to Jail Sedgwick uh, when you talk? You reference Robert Redford and <laughs> Keith Richards. Good looks. Was that your line? No, 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 no. That's my publicist. I didn't come up with that at all. It's a great line, though. Take credit for it. Seriously. She's great. She's amazing. She's an old friend of mine. She's (laughs) like, she's fantastic. I love her. Okay, I got to read it to the the listeners. In Bob Goes to Jail, Rob Sedgwick, who had the drop dead good looks of Robert Redford and the judgment of Keith Richards. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) there's another one that says Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, yeah. No, that's her. I can't take any credit for that. Yeah. It's a great line. I love. It. Take credit for it, Rob. Yeah. What the hell? Just take credit for it. It's a great okay. line. Nah, no, no, I, I, I'm, I take credit where credit is due. But I mean, when it's, it's somebody else's, I can't. I don't know. No, I so, understand. The, the, Which is the update, Keith Richards or Lindsay Lohan? Oh God, I, 
don't know. <laughs> what, what do you mean the update? You lost Cause, me. Because there's lost one that me. says Lindsay Lohan, uh, the judgment of Lindsay Lohan, and then he just read one that was was Keith, Keith Richards. Richards yeah. So I'm just well, that that must be the newest one, I would assume. Yeah, probably. I yeah. don't know. I, you're, you'd have to ask Benita. I'm not sure. I let her do her job, and she's wonderful <laughs> at it. Yeah, it is a wonderful thing. So you, are you happy, Rob, that you sat down and you got this done? You, you sat down and you wrote the book. I mean, it's very, very entertaining. Um, are you happy you did it? Because, what again, Rob, I congratulate you, because you're not going, oh, whining, and oh, poor me, and oh, I'm the victim, and oh, everything's so, you, you're taking responsibility for everything and saying, you know what, I'm a very lucky guy, and I, the life has moved on, and I'm still a very lucky guy. That's wonderful, I think. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think that, uh, I, 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 well, I, the, 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 you know, like, artist in me, if you want to be highfalutin, was, uh, I just thought it was a great story. I thought it was a great story. I thought the whole thing was just, uh, it's, not something that most people would experience, and there I was firsthand that making these really asinine decisions and the kind of the consequence and the situations that happened because of it. And uh, I thought it'd be interesting, um, and I thought it'd be a real. And, and then when I started dipping back in the past, it, it became an opportunity to unravel stuff and stuff that I thought that you know. Again, I would take away whatever money and name and take away the big lights it's just everyone feels lost at some point mm-hmm. everyone feels helpless every feel every, everyone feels like oh my god what what kind of a decision did i make what did i do what is life throwing at me how am i going to deal with this um this is much bigger than me this is dealing with the, the ocean i can't i can't i don't know what to do so i thought that that could be um uh, and have people that you love that you disappointed and they're still sticking with yeah, you. Yep. And I, so I thought, I thought a lot of it was very relatable. Um, so, and, and a lot of people could identify with it. I also hope it's funny because it's so, uh, my particular decisions were so, I mean, col- Olympia, colossally and Olympianly stupid, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well. I mean, who takes a quarter ton of marijuana into their grandparents' house? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, who does that? And they get to, And I don't know if you read it, but I have a scene in the. I, I have a scene in it where we get the first load in, which is 250 pounds. It's in a refrigerator box, and I'm in there with uh, Jordan, uh, who's one of the protagonists. It was one of the lead guys in the book, and the driver, guy who came in from uh, Missouri with a load, and um, uh, uh, and we're going up, and the elevator st- stops. There's a woman in the elevator, and she asks, what's the boxes for? And I go into this whole song and dance. And, oh, these are lovely friends of mine. They're opening a store down in Tribeca, which is an <laughs> a uh, area downtown. And I said, it's a very fashionable store, and they're filled with these lovely shirts. And But the store got locked, so we have to store them in the apartment. And the woman's like, oh, isn't that lovely? How wonderful was it <laughs> for the store? I'd love to come. And then I fall into this whole, like, preppy, effeminate sort of description. And I'm wondering while I'm doing it, like, where is this all coming from? We get into the apartment, and Jordan and the driver, I think his name is Jim, were t- they were so, like, amazed that I came up with that because they know the consequences of what we're dealing with. I had just done this for the first time, and I just thought it was, isn't this lovely? You know? Right. <laughs> and I, and I, didn't, I had no idea. So it, it's so stupid, but, it's, but I, I hope it's funny. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and then when you get a legal system, it just rockets you forward. 
you know, and then when I found out I had a contract in my head, we would do walk and talks after I busted by the Drug Enforcement Agency. And my friend Jordan was just, you know, Diego, who was a Mexican cartel guy, he wants you dusted. I said, Ooh, dusted? Geez. And what? What's, what's dusted mean? He did, as in killed. I was like, great, I was, I was an idiot, now I have to die for it? <laughs> so uh-huh. does the book explain how you got out of that? Um, yeah, well, the book explains everything, but I okay. mean, it's the cast of characters you get involved with because it, mm-hmm. it's so because you're in serious crime there, yeah, and people who get into it, and but they're funny too. I have one guy in there uh, who's who's a friend of my brother's in there, Seth Goldberg. I, I describe him. Um, whoopsie, he looked like a Puerto Rican Jesus, even though he was a Ukrainian Jew, <laughs> and sounded much like Elmer. And sounded much like Elmer Fudd via the Jersey Shore. Whoops. <laughs> that was really nice, Rob. And, uh, and he malapropped a lot. He would say coffee urinal instead of coffee urn. He, <laughs> would, coffee say, urinal. Uh, he would say, he would describe Edith Pilaf instead of Edith Piaf. And he would say, like, I, I don't know. He was just, he was really hysterical. So you get these fascinating, and the guy, Diego, who had the contract on my head when we were in jail, he was wandering around jail like his living room because he had been in jail so many times. Right. It was like nothing to him. And, of course, I was there like, I don't want to sit on the floor. It's disgusting. It's, it's yeah. And after about 10 hours in there, you're like, okay, I'll sit down on the floor. Hmm. Um, so it's, uh, anyway, it's, it's I, I, I hope that, that that part keeps it, you know, funny. And then uh, and then you get deeper as you go into the, the, the past. And I, I hope it's stuff that people can identify with and so far the response has been that you know it's not just you know a, a kind of showy drug story that, that when you really get in that past stuff sort of that stuff that everybody can identify with you know where, um, not having guidance sorry where are you in the lineup with the with your brothers and sisters as far as which one are you uh, I, I i'm the eldest you're the eldest um so there's yeah, there's Nico, there's me, Nico, and Kira, okay. uh, and then I have uh, then I have three step three uh, step siblings, um, and my stepfather was at the helm of all this, and he was kind of he was a pretty fascinating guy. He was uh, he was one of the uh, pioneers of abstract expressionism in uh, in America. I mean, he was the first guy to buy up. I don't know if you're familiar with abstract expressionism, but Jackson Pollock and oh, Mark yeah. Rothko. Sure. And, yeah. Clifford Still and Barney Newman. I mean, these are all the great paintings that are our Rembrandts and our Picassos and our which which major contributions to world culture. And he bought these guys up in his late twenties, which was really quite remarkable because at the time that art was considered stupid, and a five year old can do it, and you're you're an idiot. And, right. Right. And then and, and and then, but cut to twenty years after he bought Blue Poles. Uh, which is now with the Australian government. Um, he bought it for six thousand, I think. He sold it to the Australian government, nineteen seventy four, for two point one million dollars. Mm, nice ROI. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that and that painting now is worth is priceless. I mean, it's just it's it's easily it's easily half a billion dollars. Wow. And but he had. But, but but he never cared about the money. He cared about the art, and he cared about the artists. And um, but you, if you read the book, he was very he was very he was a brilliant man. But he was also with that brilliance, he was tremendously abusive. And um, 
it was really hard living with him. And also because it, it reads fancy, but it's like my mom and dad, when they were, they got, they got separated in 69 and which was really tough. And we didn't have actually a lot of money then. We didn't have any money then. Uh, I mean, we were, we were fine, but it was nothing impressive. And then when my mom met, uh, my stepfather, he was loaded and it, you're just, you're catapulted into this other life. And, it looked good on the outside, but on the inside, it was really pretty bad. Um, you know, if you're a kid and getting get yelled at and told you're an idiot and, you know, made to feel badly. I mean, I got a kid. It's very easy to abuse a kid and or do the wrong thing. And, you know, it was not it was not fun. It was mm. not fun. I don't blame him for I mean, I made those decisions, but, you know, uh, guidance for children so it's the most important thing and being a role model and telling them you love them and being and for, to be safe you know and he wasn't safe he's not, not a safe guy you know rob yeah so, what, talking to you i've been the, i've been sitting here thinking of all the things that i did wrong when we lived in new york and i was drinking <laughs> thanks wow <laughs> running through all of it in my head no you know what it's part of part of growing up it's part of just getting through life and all the rest of it but very quickly, I know you got to go here, and I really, if you if you got a book tour, you got to come in person, do the show. I'd love to sit down and talk to you uh, in the studio. Oh, that's so nice. Well, it's lovely talking to you guys, really. Thank you so much. It's really, uh, best questions I've had so far, i got to say. Well, it's very kind Great. of you. Thank you, sir. Well, yes, please come back. I'd love to talk to you again soon, Rob. Thank you. Okay, thank you guys so much. I had a wonderful time. I, I'd, love to, I'd love to come back. Okay, take care. Please do. Take thank care. you. You too. Okay, thanks. Rob Sedgwick, ladies and gentlemen, the book is called Bob Goes to Jail. We'll take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender? Priority Courier Experts does not have the largest inventory of lease-to-own trucks anymore. Hold on now. Anymore. All right, fill me in. Pat, who in town buys brand new trucks and immediately puts those rigs into the most honest and ethical lease-to-own program? Priority, that's who. But you said they don't have the largest inventory. Let me spell it out for you. First, Priority orders the finest spec of Kenworth and Freightliner trucks. These rigs cost anywhere between $135,000 to $215,000. That's more than my house. Yeah, I hope things get better for you, man. Next, a qualified driver sits down with one of Priority's onboarding specialists, reviews the lease-to-own program, and earning potential of partnering with one of the world's largest same-day delivery companies. And shazam! Another partnership is formed, and that driver is on their way to owning that rig 
in five years or less. That sounds simple. It is that simple. That's why Priority doesn't have the largest inventory of new trucks anymore, because these rigs roll off the lot almost as soon as they arrive. (coughs) Calling all drivers. Take charge of your driving career today. Visit Priority.com or call Robbie, Nick, Chad, or Mike, 651-748-4465, and they'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. You know, I was like that every time you call us tagline. Yeah, I remember when Steve pulled every truck off the road to hang that tagline on the sides. Hey, Pat, your finger's still on the record button? Yeah, once back once. in the day, yeah. Okay. She, she doesn't do a lot of interviews, but... Uh, <laughs> Kevin Bacon was a great guy. I was going to ask you, part of his sentence was he had to watch his sister's new sitcom. <laughs> what is it? I don't oh, even know. It was not it. good. It was, uh, what, it was it? what was it called? It was a mom that moved out to L.A. after her kids. Um, um, what was it called? Or what's it called? And she ends up having an affair or a thing with her name. with the guy Kyra Sedgwick? Yeah. Her new. Kira. Kira. Yeah, whatever. Kira. The new uh, shows like Ask Your Mom or something like that. Uh, would it be Call Your Mother? Call Your Mother, yes. Oh. Yes. Call Your Mother, and it yeah. sucked. It's, it was canceled uh, mid-season. Oh, was it canceled? Oh, oh, mid-season. So I'll so never find out what happened. We'll never find out what happened after the... We'll never the, find out if she called her mother. No, they, it, she was the mom, so... Oh. We'll never find and she followed her kids out to L.A. because her. her youngest wasn't calling her back. So oh, yeah. she went out there for a day and hasn't left yet. And apparently will never leave. Right, no, she's stuck. Nope, she's stuck there forever. The, so. the band's name is Casey Flo from oh, Kansas the band City. With the Casey Kansas City. Anybody Casey wants to Flo. hire yeah, a we band? To, uh, I mean, seriously. Yeah, we had a they were awesome. wedding this weekend, and they had a band. And it's like the whole thing was like a big mashup. Like they go from one song right into the next, mm-hmm. and the woman's voice was so good, and they sounded like cool. the band sounded. You know, they weren't trying to like put their own like jazzy spin mm-hmm. on yeah. songs like a lot of wedding bands do. It's true. And we danced a lot. My Sorry. voice, yeah, today. I know. My feet still hurt. I got weird pains in my knees. <laughs> I think it was like my my neck was really sore for two days. Yeah. Not used to around. yeah, not used to dancing for hours anymore. Yeah. How many times did you yeah. dance on Friday night? I was gonna say, were you <laughs> also <laughs> dancing he for to, hours? He, he went, went to, to the ceremony. He went to the ceremony though. No, he got him to the ceremony. The KQ boat trip. Oh Friday. Oh Friday. Yeah. No, I was. Uh, did you dance? Well, you were there. I know was there you dance? Dance. You <laughs> stood next to me the entire night. No, I didn't. So. No, there were times that you were off on your own. And then people would tell me, like, well, where is he? Walk around. Then I'd go find you and get Follow the throngs of adoring but he fans. Right. He, he met, met, he met a kid. Of screaming women. He met a kid that told him that, uh, that his light, that he was really depressed, and the morning show is what kept him alive. Yes. Yeah, that was did, really cool. He saved his life. That was really cool. He started he's crying. very sweet. 17. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's 17, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he was actually hanging around waiting for Tom to get there. He was, so he showed, he was the sweetest kid in the world. Really nice. Four people started crying. Oh, my gosh. It's kind of interesting. Very emotional. Rather interesting. And the, my favorite thing of the night, I, you, that's where I, when you didn't know where I was, because I ran into Rashawn. <laughs> didn't and, know where I was. <laughs> I ran into Rashawn and William, so I went up to talk to them for a while. Rashawn and William are good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. So I said, Rashawn, would you do me a favor and come with me for a second? He goes, yeah, absolutely. So I take him over to, to Shelly, and I said, 
Shelly, I need your help. And she goes, yeah, what do you need help with? I said, I found this black oh. guy in the boat. Get rid of him. <laughs> God, and she got really nervous because he's got the long yep, bread. Oh, the bread. Yeah. You know? yeah. I loved it. I absolutely, she was like, uh, eat. Oh, Good for you. Bread. Making white people feel uncomfortable at racism is so much fun. <laughs> Although it is. Got the it really is. Because they get really wound up. <laughs> no, Although you got a little bit, too. I yeah. got some on my arm, too. Yeah. yeah the whiskey. The guy put a glass of whiskey on a speaker on the second floor, and then, of course, tipped mm. the speaker over, and it came right down on us, mostly on those three. I yeah. got a little oh, on But I, I was, like, underneath, so I looked at them. I got hit, but I looked at them, and they didn't, like, freak out. So it's like, okay, there's nobody to go up there and throw off the boat because right. it was all oh, that, very calm. that group, you don't want that group going up after to throw you off the boat, right. believe no, me. No, that would not have been Ooh. good. So, And, of course, William kept whispering in my ear that these horribly racist things. Oh my God. <laughs> Would you stop doing that? Cut it out. William. I gotta ask you guys I gotta ask you a question. I don't know about this. United Healthcare just acquired preferred one. Wow. Did you know that? Oh great. No, I did not know Hopefully. that. So I have preferred one. So they're just going to so be a they monopoly. Soon they've never then. paid for huh? one thing in my life. For real. Not <laughs> so wow. now I'm guessing they'll pay for even less <laughs> and raise their premiums. Yep. <laughs> We're going to make you pay <laughs> more. extra. <laughs> premium, honest to God. Because you, the, all three of you are on that, right? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, you're not. You were. I'm not. You were. Now. You were not. You're not anymore. No. Oh. We have I thought you were on. Oh, you're okay, on. You're separate. From fat tires. Well, get the best you thing about <laughs> this yeah, plan yeah. and the reason that you got it for us is because it's good for pregnancy and birth and that kind of thing. They're covering like all of that. Indeed. That's just the only thing they cover. So you got now, it because Alex been... was pregnant and there was like, you know, there now, you go. you have a hippie birth. There you go. No, it's just a situation where we're basically. like regular people. The premium already is Catherine and, and you and Melissa then. That's who's on it? I uh, guess so, yeah. Because I'm not on it anymore, obviously. Oh, no. All right, you're on the, Medicare. The premium's oh, already two grand a month, so I don't know how much oh, more spend you could be. Oh, yeah. I have a whole office that I What if I get a call going, hey, you remember when you used to be on preferred one? You're not anymore. Uh, get, not anymore. Get out. Well, but I'm not. I'm on I'm on that Medicare stuff, which that Medicare uh, stuff. Well, the reason I say that Medicare stuff is <laughs> shooting up some Medicare stuff. When I got on, I'm on. When I got on Medicare, I thought, well, this is gonna be kind of nice. It's gonna go from a thousand bucks a month down to about a buck and a half. That'll be great. It's not the way they do it. They base it on income, so mine's more than preferred one. Which one's nice saying, yeah. Do you know how dumb it is that you can't opt out as long as you're working? I know. I mean, why dumb. would they? Why would they cover somebody who's working who can pay a smaller premium yeah. in the public sector than giving him something he doesn't want or need for right. more money? Right. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense that the but, government won't let you opt out while you're working because when know. you're working, they'll they punish you by charging you higher premiums. They do, yeah. Unless unless you can get it through work, which is uh, then you get that with a lesser pool. So there's a percentage of people who get it. Well, he's an independent option. contractor, I know, so he's screwed. That he yeah. falls in that yeah. hole. So why can't he just, as a yeah. human being, opt out? Because they want to try to make sure everybody's insured. That's the idea. He's there's working. still a lot of people uninsured that, you know. I know, but so. then you wouldn't opt out. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. we got about three minutes here, so i got to ask this question because it kind sure. of ties in with this in a way. Um, did you know 
that one out of eight people in America is on food stamps? Is it one out of eight? One out of eight. Forty-two million people are on food stamps. That's probably in this country. one out of eight. God, yeah. that's high. I believe that. That's a little high. Don't you think? Me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. On that. Jesus. So, forty-two yeah. million people are on food stamps. Yeah. Why? Because there's ten million jobs open. What the yeah. hell? Go get a job. And also, Let's go. I've, I've heard it's like super easy to get. It is. Like yeah. there's is, like yeah. they give oh, yeah, they have like the cards or whatever where like kids in school will have like. Two hundred dollars on their little yep. car, just going buy snacks and stuff. Yeah, it's very well, easy good to get. for you. Good I want for those kids. Two hundred dollars of snacks. Right. Those kids are getting fed, and you know right. they're getting some good things. Well, no, the ones who deserve it. I got no problem with the ones who deserve it. There are definitely people that take advantage of. Well, the, sure, absolutely. Every, but oh, that's I, everything. You yeah. can't yeah. find oh, yeah. anything people don't take no. advantage of. I just trying to figure out how to regulate yeah. in a way that you can't just regulate for just every possible person that takes advantage of it yeah it's like i had a friend once that her parents gave her a lot of money we were in Mm -hmm. college and her parents gave her a lot of money and she had like this whole facebook album devoted to going out to very fancy restaurants and eating very fancy foods but she was on food stamps Mm -hmm. because her income she didn't earn much this is actually right after college she didn't earn much and so she was on food stamps. Although even your parents were multi-millionaires, yeah. Yeah. they yeah they don't even uh, they try to so people like her. Yeah, yeah. Her exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like me and my friends. Then, then you start getting into regulating your parents and their age, and yeah. there's just so many different parts yeah. to it. Yeah. That, that so it's like they just have well, to go by their income, and it, that's all you can do. It was also interesting, wasn't she working for AmeriCorps? Teach for America. Teach for America, and they said that. Getting on food stamps was like, or whatever they call it now. They don't call it food stamps. Was it? Yes. They call it something EBT else. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, uh, was actually yeah. basically part of the compensation because it was a government program. Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we're going to okay. pay you crap money, but you take advantage of all the things that you can get from the government. Right. Yeah. Right. So we won't pay you, but the taxpayers will. Yeah. But <laughs> the job, if it's a government job, the taxpayers are paying her anyway. Yeah. It's not I know, but yeah. generally people that work for the government make better money than but most people. Those so. shifts take place in like disability and health insurance. I mean, those shifts. Uh, well, that's a different yeah. thing than working and having a lot of money and still getting all that stuff. It just didn't make any sense. Once again, opt I couldn't out. do that. I literally could not do that. <laughs> I know. If I had enough money, I would, I would never be able to food. I couldn't do it. No. Nope. Nope. My mother taught me better. Matter of fact, we were only on food stamps for about two months when I was a kid. And then my mother went, we're not doing this. I'm not doing this. Anymore. Well, there used to be a stigma attached to it. And now yeah, that is not. Didn't it used to be like like obnoxiously obvious in the past? Yeah, where like it was like coupons. Yeah. Right. And, and now it's like coupons. essentially it's just like a debit it's just card. A card. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just a card exactly. like any other card. Yeah. 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 No question about that. Yeah, it was a, it was a thrill a minute. Oh, we got to take a break here. That first segment's already over. What the hell? What? It is. You're right. No, oh, we indeed. started it. Didn't we start a little late? Yes. Oh, you get away from me. <laughs> you get away from me. Okay. Why? All right, we'll be back right after this. 